As a leader in advanced HVAC technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness, with a focus on personal comfort and prosperous communities. Mitsubishi offers a variety of indoor options, including high-wall floor mount, duct handlers, and extremely popular one-way ceiling cassette. Climate systems are great for a single room or the entire home, providing 100% capacity to minus 5 degrees. A full range of control options including Wi-Fi, touchscreen, and thermostats, and simple remotes are available to meet every customer's needs. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. For more information, go to MitsubishiComfort.com. Luther Clemens is COO and Chairman of the Board of Associated Equipment Company, which operates in all or part of seven southern states as HVAC distributors. He has worked in the heating and air conditioning industry for over 60 years and has been with Associated for 50 years. Welcome, Luther. Good morning. Mark Madison here on Books and People. Today, I'm so excited to have as our guest, Mr. Luther Clemens. Luther, how are you, sir? I'm doing well today. Well, I was racking my brain trying to figure out how did we meet. Do you remember when that was? Uh, we um, we invited you to to speak at one of our conventions, and I don't remember who who gave us your name and information. I may have seen you at somebody else's presentation, and uh, that's been uh, probably uh, 10, 12 years ago. I, that's what I was thinking too. That's a long time. I've known you a while. I was just a young kid then. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> so, yeah. so you were you were born in northern Alabama in 1940. What was your childhood like? Well, we 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 didn't have electricity until I was nine, and we didn't get telephones until I was a I was a freshman at Auburn. Wow. So, so I was raised on a farm and, and we did all the farm things. Um, I milked cows and uh, we had mules and wagons before we had tractors. And uh, that was during the during the Second World War. And and things were very similar to what we faced during COVID in that you couldn't get sugar. You couldn't get rubber products. You couldn't get vehicles. Uh, all the all the young men were at war. I think thirty percent of the men were at war, and so it was hard to get help. And and so you know I've lived through it twice now. You you grew up on a farm, so you have that farmer's work ethic, right? Yeah, we would we would get up, you know, daylight to daylight. <laughs> and we think putting in seven or eight hours is hard work. It, it it it's it's really not though. I mean, it was it was tough because we didn't have all of the mechanical things that that farmers have today. And Dad ran an ice plant, and so uh, after I got ten or older, I had to do a lot of the chores because he'd be he would be away at work. You know, this time of year, in particular with the ice ice. This was this was our key time of year, and so I'd have to I'd have to do most all the chores. Mother and I did. And you got your engineering degree at Auburn yeah. University, yeah? Uh, absolutely. I I wanted to be an engineer, and in in those days, 
there was only two engineering schools that that you recognized in, in there were probably others available but the two that were known was Georgia Tech and Auburn and um uh mother didn't want me to go out of state so I went to Auburn right and then you went to law school of all things yeah I, um we we lived in a, a little small community about 2000 folks and um it was 74 miles to to Montgomery, and they had a night law school. So I'd work during the day, and then I'd drive on a little two-lane road to Montgomery to go to law school. And this was the early 60s, so you didn't, you know, there was no computers, and and so I'd have to drive, and I couldn't afford the law books, uh, the codes, so I had to drive down over weekend to study, and, and I'd usually go two nights a week. But you decided not to practice law. I did. What, uh, what happened? There was a transition there. Um, I was. Um, they they were they were considering in the sixties starting to promote heat pumps. Alabama Power was. I was working with Alabama Power at the time, and and uh, so they they being an engineer, they wanted me to be one of the heat pump specialists. They had. I think they had three or four of us that was covering the state of Alabama. And, and so to, to take that position, I had to move another 70 or 80 miles away. Uh, so the drive would have been, you know, 140, 150 miles one way. Wow. And I, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do that. So I, I went a little over two years and then I, I didn't finish. So, but the heat pump world was calling you. You know, it's 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 uh, really unusual to see how nationally uh, heat pumps are getting to be the talked about heating and cooling source, and we begged folks to put them in in the '60s, as well as we had trouble making them work, and they blow cold air, and and mechanically they they weren't too reliable, and to go through that, go down life's path to the point you see now that they they work well and they're in demand and worldwide they're they're soon becoming dominant as far as a heat and cooling uh, source. It's good to have lived that long. You know, one of the coolest things I ever saw when I was a technician was when that reversing valve shifts and that outdoor unit that's covered with ice just melts. <laughs> well, you, you hope it shifts. Back in those early days, the problem was they wouldn't shift every time. Oh, and, man. So, so they had to work out a few bugs for a while. Oh, it, it was compressors wouldn't stay, and and uh, they would short out on us, and and it it it, it was just tough. But uh, the scars, the scars from that period, makes life easier. You know, uh, 50, 60 years later. You've been in this industry for how many years? 50, 60 years. Sixty, sixty years. Yeah. What's changed? in 60 years you you must have seen it all i mean come on yeah it, uh, uh, central heat and air conditioning was just barely being talked about in the late 50s you know any any numbers mm. and um you know we started to you started to see central heat and air conditioning in the early 60s um and 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 you know the the deducted you know most most everybody that had air conditioning then had windy units and and then so we started to move to uh to central systems 
And, uh, and then that, you know, it got to be to the point now, I guess, uh, especially in the Southeast, probably uh, a new new homes built, probably 90% or better have central heat and air conditioning in them. But uh, as far as, it, that's equipment-wise, as far as the industry is concerned, um, we, we've seen, we've, I've seen uh, good technicians become good businessmen. And, and, and I've seen good businessmen uh, being able to retire comfortably and do well. And, and I, I really enjoyed seeing that and, and hopefully be a part of some of those that, that's been able, been able to do that. And as a, uh, as a distributor, that's really your job, isn't it? To help these men, men and women succeed. But, you know, Mark, sometimes you got to get older to really realize that because in the beginning, you're trying to make it and you're trying to survive and you're trying to make a living for your family. And right, then you right. then you reach a point when a lot of those things are accomplished. And the important thing is the folks around you, how they do it. And uh, I, that's that's very important to me now. Growing people, mm -hmm. and you're you're really a coach. You're that you're that uh, sage on the hill now, aren't you? You've been doing this a long time. Well, uh, very few folks question, <laughs> you know, uh, your lineage. When you, when you, when I sit out and talk to a contractor, it, they, they, I usually get an audience with them, and they, they have a lot of questions, and and uh, and been able to help a lot. Uh, I can I can look back over large number of contractors that that's that's been able to raise their families and have a successful business, and, and a lot of them are, are beginning to retire or sell their businesses, and right, um, right. you feel like you've had a little part in, in in some of those, which is really gratifying. That is the last five years or so. I've had so many contractors reach out to me and say, "I just sold my business, and thank you so much for all you did for us." And I just say the same thing. I said, look, I laid out the buffet, but you came back for seconds and thirds. Yeah. And in a very real sense, the same could be said of you and, and your distribution business. How many locations now? We have 10 uh, over the Southeast. And uh, uh, it's, um, it, you know, the company was started in 55. So we, we've been in business a long time. In the, very, in the very beginning, we were actually in the contracting business before mm -hmm. I joined the company. And then, then to be successful, you know, we had to get out of the contracting business and um, and and become strictly strictly distributors and wholesalers. And right. uh, that 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 changed uh, as as the company grew. And and uh, um, you know, you can you you've you've been through this. You've seen you've seen this many times. But um, um, over over my career, there's been times that that the company and the products we had were not trending in in an upward direction mm -hmm. uh, and and what you knew how to do well was not in demand and uh, now we're in a now we're in a position where things seem to be trending our direction and things that we're we know how to do is in demand and and that's 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 encouraging everything runs in cycles doesn't it it does it really does I remember reading I forget who it was a an economist and I was I was speaking and the economist was talked after I did and he said in this country we have a recession every seven to eleven years. Is it like clockwork for the last several hundred years? It's been you can set your watch by it. But COVID kind of interrupted that pattern just a little bit. So I'm, there's some uncertainty right now in the in the economy. But um, 
you've you know you've run a pretty long marathon my friend and i just made the connection and you said alabama power so it was all of 12 years ago i spoke to 250 people i think it was in montgomery for alabama power and i remember telling the the woman who was the executive director she said uh anything else i need to know and i said yeah just tell everybody uh to wear two pair of socks and she said why i said because i'm gonna knock the first pair right off <laughs> so, so unbeknownst to me she puts that in the in the ad you know the promotion yeah and afterwards uh, a fella comes up and puts his leg up on the table and says i wore two pair of socks what do i get <laughs> and i thought only in alabama you know i yeah. just fell out of my chair laughing well, I was surprised he even had socks on if he's from Alabama. So, <laughs> you, you, you know, you know, it's it uh, that's encouraging. I, I think that's I think that's a good thing. Um, socks have come in vogue in Alabama. Yeah, now, yeah. Now your your corporate headquarters is in Nashville, yeah. Uh, well, that's where my office is. We do a lot of the administrative uh, work in Mobile, and and we do some in Huntsville, and we tr we try to move it around so that that we'd be able to use any excessive hours that we have in these locations to do a task if we find somebody that's capable of doing that task. But to, to mention um, the, the economist you just mentioned before you talked about the Alabama power thing, I, I've, I've been through six downturns. Wow. In, in my work lifetime, starting with when John Kennedy was president in 1962 and 63. And that was the first one. And, and, and he's exactly right. In a 10-year period, you'll have three tough years and you'll have seven good years. And, and that's, that's been, you know, you, you just, you just uh, until COVID. And, and that, that changed a little in 2007 and 8. But basically, that's been the trend, you know, for 60 years right, that, I've, right. that I've been in business. And I tell contractors, you know, the yeah. secret to navigating through the downturn is service agreements. And building your club membership and that repeat business that fosters higher close ratios on add-on replacements. And, and because, you know, during a down economy, repairs go up and add-on replacements go down. And in a boon economy, add-on replacements go up and repairs go down. But the one constant is the service agreement base. Would you agree with that? Yes. Uh, I think the, the, you know, the, the contractor who establishes the best relationships in the community and or their in their customer base, uh, you know, I, I always gauge it. He needs to be doing uh, 60, 65% of his business need to be from his customer base or referrals from customers. And, yeah. and, and, and you generate a lot of that with, with giving good service. And, um, but that's, uh, you know, the, he's got to, he's got to be doing about, he's got to be turning about 60, 65% of where he doesn't have to, promote they, they, they call him and they need him and he's got a reputation in the community right i think that's just absolutely vital so coming up who were your mentors who were the guys that had the biggest impact on you men or women yeah um uh, my dad um um had to drop he, he was raised during the, the depression and um he had to drop out of school in the fifth grade to um to help the family, uh, he had to work to get food to feed the family. Uh, so he he was not an educated man, but he's one of the smartest business people I've ever been around. He just had some basic business philosophies that uh, just just 
to today, today are still true. Probably were true before before his time. So he it was that was early. I, I was very fortunate to to have good parents and and uh, and learn a lot from them. And then the first the and this is so important with young people. The first guy I worked for was a lot like my dad. He wasn't well educated, but he was a manager of um, of the Alabama Power Company's office where I started to work, where I had to report to. And and he was he was in his sixties, I guess, when I when I showed up there to start to work. And and I was I had an engineering degree and I was going to law school and and uh, I guess I thought I was pretty sharp at that point. And, uh, and and he kept me he kept me grounded in a in a in a, in a good way uh, by uh, he, he was a he was a good steward manager I mean he uh, he 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 would come by and he'd drive by our house I was married we had two little kids fairly soon and he'd drive by the house every night to make sure that I was home and everything was okay and, wow. and so, so, um, you know, I, he's been dead for years, but I love him today because he was he was so good to us and taught me so many things by example. He didn't talk a lot, but but just the things he did, I, I, I want I want to try to do that today. I mean, he was that good. And he then and, uh, there, there's been there's been a there's been a whole line of them, but uh, 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 Shelton Coleman. Uh, it, you know, that owned the Coleman company. He he was a real help to me on the way up. I mean, he we were we were in the, we were Westinghouse distributors, and Westinghouse sold to Borg Warner, which was York at the time. And and the guy that was running York, <clears throat> he he didn't. I didn't think he could get in and out of the rain without somebody helping him. One of the smartest guys. And and so we he didn't he didn't buy the name or or get the name. He said he didn't need the name. And so we went from Westinghouse to Fraser Johnson, as far as brands are concerned. And uh, so everybody thought that was a law firm. They didn't know they made heat and air conditioning in the South. <laughs> and, it does uh, sound like a law firm. Yeah. It is. And, uh, and so uh, Shelton never, at that point, did not have any distribution east of the Mississippi. And so we needed something, and he needed somebody. And so he 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 picked us and we picked him and his engineers built units that we needed to meet the utility. They were they were great heat pump folks and one of the better heat pump engineers I've ever worked with. And and he helped us survive during uh, President Carter's 18 percent inflation and 19 percent interest rates. If I it remember those days. Been, yeah. Hadn't been for Shelton Coleman. I'm not sure our company would have made it. And um, he was a true pioneer, wasn't he? Like Willis Carrier. I mean, he was uh, he was way ahead of his time. We we could walk through the assembly plant. He knew everybody by name, mm. and 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 he would say, "Fred, how how's your wife doing? And how's your kids?" He knew them all, and and you know, I learned a lot from him. And and he would he he would he had he had a really nice Cessna jet, and he would come by here a lot, and he would land out here, and he had he had a driver, and he'd bring him over and. He'd sit right across the desk from me and he'd say, now, young man, he said, I want to tell you something. I was a little younger back then, by the way. And, <laughs> and, and uh, he would say, you never stop selling. I, I want to tell you, you never stop selling your company, yourself and your products. You never stop. 
and he would do everything he could to help us. We would fly. He he just he'd send that little jet into into runways, which which I thought was a a, a corn corn road, you know, and that thing could land, and, and we'd pick up five or six customers and fly them out there. They loved that back then, and and uh, and he 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 I give him credit for helping making helping helping me get to the next level and for probably saving our company. There's a lot of others, but that's one of the ones that comes to mind. Well, and as you're sharing this, I'm thinking these men have one thing in common. They cared. You care enough to remember everybody's name. That's a big deal. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt memorized 1,200 Rough Riders names. I mean, come on. That's just, that's above and beyond. You, you, um, you just, you know, you, you remember those folks. And uh, yes. it, it, it's uh, the impact they had on your lives and your family. And, and uh, you know, uh, the major part of my responsibility as I get in, in the latter years here is to is to make sure that 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 I take care of our employees and their families and their kids and their grandkids and I know them yes, and uh, yes. if their mother and dad dies I'm I'm going to go to the funeral if it's all possible and if they have a if they have a little one or or something happened in the family I'm going to know about it and I'm going to call and talk to them because it it meant a lot to me and you know what it means a lot to them too yes. I think it was Zig Ziglar that was quoting Teddy Roosevelt, and he said, it really is true. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. I and that's really it. what I'm hearing you say. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's so simple. So since this podcast is called Mark Madison on Books and People, we got the people out of the way. How about the books? What books had a big impact on you? Well, the Bible's number one. I knew that was what you were going to say. Yeah. I just wish I understood it a little better, but uh, <laughs> it, it's important. And and I read this book over the weekend, the manuscript, and uh, uh, I read through it, read through it, and I uh, went back through it, made some notes, and uh, I, I think you got something. I just I would just suggest a, a chapter you put in there uh, about World War II and uh, or some you know back in those periods. If you're gonna, if it's gonna be about old folks. Ah. Uh. Great point. What you're referencing is the book I'm working on right now called When I'm Old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I read that. That's good. You did a good job on that. Oh, thank you. Thanks. It's it's still in, in process. So I've you know, obviously I got a lot of editing, but that's a great idea, a World War II story. That's yeah, that's, yeah, you, that's you, spot you, on. you need some of those, yeah, because uh the the people you want to buy uh uh needs to identify with something US and something that you know that that they were either a part of, uh, you know, I was, um, you know, war was starting, what, 42 and ended 45, 46. Yep. And see, I was six years old. I can re remember things about that. My mother grew up in the, uh, she was born in 32, so she grew up during uh, England being bombed by the Germans. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the rations and all that. And so the stories, yeah. and her father was killed in the war. Mm. So I've got a, I've got a, you know, I've got a story in my back pocket there. So I that's great advice. I really appreciate that. So you've been married to Jody for 60 years. Is that right? That's right. Patient woman, for sure. <laughs> well, so you're probably more qualified to answer the, this question than anyone. What's the secret to a long and happy marriage? Well, there's two things, two very important things. Uh, one is uh, in those 60 years, she's... Uh, She's done more than her share. You just, just whatever topic, 
she she she's done more than her share, and 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 uh, as I get older, I appreciate that more. And and the the most important thing is she's easy to love, mm-hmm. and and we all ought to be easy to love. And I've learned a lot of that from her because she's just it's it's just easy, you know. Uh, think about yourself, Mark. There's there's people that you know that. It, it's difficult to love. You may love them, and there's some people it's easy. Uh, right, I, I right. think I think a lot of our success is that she just she's just easy. Well, well clearly you married up, my friend. I outkick my coverage. Yeah, <laughs> I love the football metaphors. Nicely yeah, done. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. And you have how many kids? How many grandkids? And how many great grandkids? I got three kids. Proud of all three of them. Uh, we got seven grandkids, and now we have six great grandkids. Oh, I wow. never, I didn't, you know, you, you, when you're going down the path, you, you hope you live long enough to see grandkids, right? And and then to be able to see great grandkids, we had we had five in our house at Christmas, and all of them were under four, mm. and it was like herding cats. Yes, yeah. I was going to say that's I mean, a gathering right there. They they were everywhere all the time, and and so I'm really proud of my family. They 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 take after their mother and they've done well, and uh, they just keep they just make me proud. And uh, I like for them to go with me. I like to show them off because 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 they've they've grown and developed into 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 uh, adults contributing to making things better. And uh, my, my dad always would say to me, and when I, when I was out of school and for my family, he said, he said, you know, we sacrificed, and they did. When I got out of school, I didn't have any debt, but, but they sacrificed every penny they could to pay my college. I was the first one and, and uh, the only one in the family at that time to ever have an opportunity to go to college. And my dad would say, dad, dad would say, your responsibility is to make sure that your family has an opportunity. And it's yes. your responsibility now is to make sure we carry the strength of the family on. And, it, and you, you've, you've got, you, you've got opportunity. And the way, the way you show us you appreciate it is that your kids do well and you provide opportunities for them and you raise them correctly and and they they have values and you continue you continue the family values that 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 you were raised on and and you make sure they do that and so carrying, I, carrying that, that torch forward and, and i talk to my kids uh, i tell them their responsibility is to care for their kids yes, and yes. we got to keep the family strong the family name strong right right oh that's just uh, great uh, advice i mean it's it's also why we work so hard, right? The things we do for our kids, we'd probably never do for ourselves. <laughs> no, it, you you're you're probably right there. Uh, uh, but that's yeah, that's probably why we do a lot of what we do, Jay. The truth. Yeah, those are the reasons that pull us forward. Um, what advice would you offer contractors? I mean, you're a wealth of knowledge, my friend. Sixty years in the industry. If there are three things that, that every contractor needs to know, what would it be? Um, I guess, uh, uh, number one is, uh, be kind and, and take care of your employees and train them. That's one. 
and 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 number two, operate your business in in a way that that your folks would be proud to work for you. That is so important because a lot of folks leave not because of 50 cents an hour more, because they can't be proud of where they are. So if I had to select one, I'd, I'd say you conduct your business in an audible, ethical way that 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 uh, an employee could say, I work for so-and-so, and I'm proud because 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 they 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 do a good job and uh and uh uh operate your business in a way you could you you make a profit i mean there's that that's a whole podcast on its own but uh if you make a profit and share it with your employees uh then then you're 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 contributing to that and and that is so important that 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 that, that they do that but uh uh Everybody wants to be proud of, of you know, uh, who are we? It's it's what we do. I mean, that's if you if you if I say Mark, who are you? You're gonna you're gonna tell me an international speaker, and and you you've got a list of things. Uh, but uh, our work is our work is who we are, and if we can't be proud of that, uh, then we move on. Yeah. yeah. I lately uh, this last year I've been sharing an insight that there's really three things every employee is asking. Is it safe here? Do I belong here? Is there a sense of family, a sense of pride? And do I have a future? Is there a place for me here going forward? Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. People don't leave for 50 cents an hour across the street. They leave because those things are absent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a long list. Uh, it, it's, we, we've just covered four or five of them, but there's a, there, there's a long, long list. And uh, if, if, if I go into a dealership and, and, the owner complains about the folks leaving it all. It's you, you know it's not well run. If it's if they, if they say, well, this guy's been with us forty years, this guy's been with us twelve years, they start going over that list. Then you say, you know, this this is a this is well run business. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it gets back to that. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, there's just there's fifty thousand residential contractors in this country and you know that five or ten percent at the top of that list are the ones that do all the things we're talking about yeah and and when you walk in the front door you you be there five or ten minutes and you know if they've got it or not oh <laughs> that's so true i've been saying that for years i can i can evaluate whether it's a high morale low turnover company in five ten minutes just by what's on the wall the way people talk to each other just how they are yeah, I can I can almost establish credit uh, um, approval by just if you give me 15 minutes and to talk to three employees, I, I won't mention anything about finances at all. But I could I could pretty well tell you where we need to give them credit or not. Right. Well, that's something that comes of like your father that comes of experience. You know, that wisdom comes from hard won lessons from the past. Yeah. And I think if we continue to make new mistakes instead of the same old ones, we have a chance of, you know, being in business for a while. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, it's so good to talk to you, Luther. You know, it's, uh, 
my life would be so much better if I could just talk to you once a week for five or 10 minutes. You know, <laughs> you'd, you'd get bored after a while, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, one of the things I admire about you, and the list is very long, I have tremendous respect for you, my friend, uh, is your you willingness and ability to be humble and use self-effacing humor. You're the first one to poke fun at yourself. And as you know, I do the same thing. And, and I don't know, when I'm around someone like that, it just, it makes me smile. It makes me want to spend more time with them. Well, it, it, you know, it, uh, if, if you get edgy and, and if, if you think you're, if you think you're important and you think you know more than anybody else, uh, you probably don't. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, so I just, you know, I, I'm pretty easy myself and, uh, uh, I, I I want employees to want to do, and, and and I don't have the ability to force them to do. Right. Nor nor do I have the desire to do that. And, and I I just want them I want them to do well because it helps them and it helps the company. And and I, if I can create the atmosphere which they can do well, then I feel like I've been a pretty good manager. You know what is it about Southern hospitality? I mean, it's a real thing. People are so kind where you live. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, it's not some cliche. It's real. How do you explain that? The whole Southern hospitality, why people are so kind in the South? Um, you know, I, I guess I haven't thought deeply about that yet, but uh, because it's just, it's just all around us. But uh, uh, my, my parents were, were kind and my grandparents were kind. And uh, uh, and 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 life was tough in the South. Um, uh, you know, uh, my dad was friends with folks that was in the Civil War, and 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 and, and uh, they sent uh, they sent folks uh, down from north of the Mason Dixon to uh, teach us how to how to be like uh, how to be like other folks, and. Uh, and and so we had to be kind with each other to to get along and take care of each other, and right. it was tough at that time. And uh, so I, I think it I think it goes back I think it goes back uh, you know well over a hundred years it, it started to develop and it's just mm -hmm. it's just brought forward and 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 my kids are that way and you know they're they're uh, they're they're caring kids I mean. Uh, you you you'd be around a few minutes, and you know for sure that 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 they cared about you, and they'd do anything they could to take care of you. And and if I, if if their kids are that way, I feel like I've been fairly successful as father. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it does compliment is when someone says your kids are are great people. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how, that's how we judge as parents, isn't it? I think so. It's the final measure, isn't it? I think so. In in closing, my friend. You know, like a like a letter, right? P.S. Right? What else would you add? Uh, offer up, uh, you know, some wisdom in a couple three sentences. Well, I get, I guess the, the talking about business and all, um, I've I've learned I've learned, and and this has probably been over the last you know ten years or so. I, I've learned to listen to understand. Mm and not listen to respond right and and so I, I i really really want to be 
you know, taking a, a note from you, I, I wrote this down out of your book, dominate listening. Yes. And, 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 uh, um, I, that's, I, I would say that would be advice to, to anybody and anything that they did with their family, their friends, their work environment. If, if you, if you just get good at that, you'll, you'll, you'll probably be okay. It's not about it's not about me, and once I understood that, everything changed. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's certainly, certainly not about me. If it was, we'd, we'd be in trouble. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's it, it, it's it's being uh, you know it's it's being kind and caring and and uh, and showing up every day yeah. and and, and setting an example of of how you want things done by doing it yourself. I get the. I get to work about five o'clock, uh, and and I'll leave at five five thirty, and I'll be eighty three years old shortly, and I still I still do that five days a week, and most Saturday mornings I come in by myself and work. So I think that sets a pretty good example. That's that farmer's <laughs> mindset. Well, my friend, we're out of time. I will just say this: you are the cool breeze in a stuffy room. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to do this. I. This is the first one I've done. I've, I've got a, I've got a, a interview with the heat and air conditioning refrigeration news after 50 years, and, and I'm looking forward to that next week. Thank you, Luther. Make it a great day, my friend. Unless you have other plans. Okay. All right. Good to talk to you. As a leader in advanced HVC technologies, Mitsubishi Electric is committed to continuous innovation around efficiency, comfort, and wellness. From electric cars to electric water heaters to electric heating and cooling. The future is electric. The demand for all of our electric heat pumps have never been greater. So there's no better time to join our community of premier contractors and grow your business. Here are some of the reasons why partnering with Mitsubishi Electric is a great idea. Mitsubishi is the number one selling heat pump in America and has been the industry leader for over 35 years. Mitsubishi offers local technical support and has a network of excellent distributors. Mitsubishi's regional sales and marketing teams are available to meet with you and help you grow your business. To find out more, contact MitsubishiComfort.com. Thank you for listening. If I struck a chord, inspire you to action, or piqued your curiosity, let me know. Call or text me at 206-697-0454 or send me an email at mark at sparkingsuccess.net. Should you wish to hire me to speak to your organization or association or order one of my books, simply go to my website, www.sparkingsuccess.net. And remember, make it a great day, unless you have other plans.